0: Welcome back to the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthier plant-based lifestyle. I am your host today, Vicki. And this is Larissa. And we're on episode number 167. In today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, we're going to be talking about something that is very close to us, and that is eating disorders. Now... This has taken me a bit to understand what's been going on with me, but uh, I have come to the realization that I have been dealing with a an eating disorder for pretty much all of my adult life, starting and even part of my childhood, mm-hmm. I would say. I'm taking steps right now towards recovery, which mainly lies in social support But at this point in the process, I can honestly say that I have not come to any conclusions that my vegetarian lifestyle is in any way tied to this disorder. But for some people, there may be some warning signs that a vegetarian or a vegan lifestyle could be masking an issue with food. So today, we're going to discuss what's been going on with me, and then we're going to share some warning signs with you guys. Okay. All right. But first, let's
1: uh, get... We have a new rating. We do from down under... From Australia. Awesome. We have quite a few folks out there that we listen do. to the podcast. We do. So uh this
0: is fun. From... And I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna no, don't. make <laughs> you cringe by doing any sort of
1: accent. <laughs> not either.
0: Uh, oh my gosh. Remember one of our earlier podcasts we did Oh good, grief. We tried doing it some, was awful uh, a Cockney accent. It was, so awful. What we it was a yeah. Yeah. And it was really bad. And we even watched YouTube videos to try to <laughs> Let's do it. It was bad. really bad, so we
1: won't try no. it with an
0: Australian no, accent. No, okay. Either. So this because is I from. I do Aust- think Australian accents are awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, not ours though. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so this is from Australia, from uh, July 29th of 2016. From Happy Happy uh, Vegio Veg V. Ve- 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 I would say veggie. I would that? say veggie. Yeah, veggie, like vegetarian mm-hmm. veggie. Okay, uh, and it's, uh, they say social support with humor, flair, and positivity. Uh, Larissa and Vicky are amazing. You guys have made me feel empowered in my decision to become vegetarian through your great resources, advice, and simply your positive banter. Smiley face. <laughs> As studying to be a dietitian, I can tell you, I uh, I can tell you have thoroughly researched your information and are passionate about each. Week week's episode anxiously awaiting another segment smiley face awesome so lots of smiles Mm -hmm.
0: all right this is the part of the show where we'd normally introduce any new patreons or no patrons (laughs) to our patreon (laughs) campaign and uh, but we're, we're actually recording back to back this week because we're headed to the coast and we needed to do two in a row so that's the logistics of that. So we don't have any <laughs> new patrons to announce, but hopefully we, did wanna... we
1: will this week. But we just won't be announcing them until the following. Right. Week. But just so you know, what a Patreon campaign is, a Patreon
0: is a website that essentially allows community members of musicians, artists, and in our case, podcasters, to give back to the creators and help support the shows or the or the work that the artists are doing, so that it keeps on going. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that producing a podcast every week does cost money. We have media um, hosting. hosting and right. web hosting and all mm-hmm. sorts of things that we uh, have to keep up with in order to keep the show running. So any contribution, as little as a dollar a month, will mm-hmm. definitely help us. And we have different reward levels. It goes from a dollar to, what, $50, Alyssa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere... We have one, okay, one, two,
1: two, five, five, 10. 10, 25, and fifty. One, I think that's two, right. Five, 10, yeah, we have six. Yeah. So one, two, five, right. ten, twenty-five, and fifty.
0: So you can pick whichever level feels right to you uh, for a dollar. I mean, that's a quarter a show, mm-hmm. uh, but that really helps us. So uh, head out there and check out our Patreon campaign. We we will definitely have a link. But we also have one on our website. Right. Right.
1: And uh, right. Yeah, we'll have a I'm creating a landing page right now for our website. And uh, but the link to the campaign on Patreon is uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Vegetarian Zen. And we have a nice video out there, too. Mm hmm.
0: All right, are we ready to get into the main topic?
1: Yes. And I'm going to kind of be your wingman on this yeah. one and and let you go and and cuz this is something that v- Vicky did the research for and well, <clears throat> the research that was involved uh, Vicky did, but this is something that was kind of your topic. Mhm. Now, before we begin any episode
0: that talks about nutrition or medical issues, we always remind folks that we are by no means medical experts and if you suspect that you have any issues, in this case with what uh, we're going to be talking about, eating disorders, if you suspect you might have one, this is very serious and you really should seek professional counsel. You mm-hmm. don't want to just take what we are saying. I'm merely just sharing my story with you and some of the things that I am learning mm-hmm. as along the way. Right. And we also want to caveat this by just clarifying that in no way do we see a veg lifestyle as an eating order Disorder in itself, I mm-hmm. should say. Right. So I, I, I don't see that at all. That being said, this is really interesting, uh, that in, in my research, I found um, that women suffering from eating disorders are four times more likely to be vegetarian than women without eating disorders, according hmm. to a recent study published by the journal of Academy, of, um, sorry of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, The researchers also found that 52% of women with a history of eating disorders have been vegetarians at some point in their lives, in contrast with only 12% of women without eating disorders who who had experimented with a vegetarian diet.
1: That's really interesting. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, you're going to talk about your experience, but I I do remember you saying that you did for about – I think it was about a year, right? When you were in your twenties, mm-hmm. you were vegetarian. You did yes. stop eating meat yes. and you were a vegetarian. So, I was. so let's, um, uh, let's hear about your experience. And I just want to say before you start that, um, you know, I know it's, it can be a hard thing to talk about and I just kudos to you for just, you know, talking about everything. And I just felt we were talking about this in the car earlier today and it's like, you know, when we when we share things on this podcast and I know when I I, I definitely share more personal stuff than you do. Um, but when I share things on this podcast, I feel like I'm talking to just a big group of friends. Right. You know, I mean, I may only be looking across at one person, you, but I feel like everybody that I I feel OK sharing things that are personal or, or medical or, or, you know, whatever, because I feel like I'm among friends. Yeah. And this is why I feel so comfortable because
0: Larissa even asked me again in the car. I said, wow, I'm really going to open up a lot of stuff here on this next podcast because I was putting together the outline and she said, are you okay with that? And I said, oh, I'm okay with it. And the reason I'm okay with it is because if I help one other person Mm -hmm. who might be struggling with something similar to this, then to me, that's that's totally what this microphone is about to help people. And what's the point of holding back or just sharing the fun stuff if if I'm not really helping anybody. So right. hopefully... Hopefully this story will help you out, and um, I'm not looking for pity. I'm not looking for anything (laughs) like that. I'm really just helping, or hoping to help someone who might be suffering from the same, or if you have any friends or family that might be suffering from the same, at least you can see some of the warning signs. Great. So I'm going to take you way back. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Vicky at 12 years old. Let's see how old. What year was I? Oh, never mind. We won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I was a jock growing up. I started playing basketball when I was six years old, and I. played every sport you can think of some of those I didn't care for I didn't care for track for example but I like I was a basketball superhero I mean I was really good at basketball in fact had I been born a little bit later I might have been a professional WNBA player because I was really good at good at it I wasn't great at everything but basketball was one I played volleyball so being short you can imagine I was still pretty good I could get around the court very well softball I'd play a lot of things so I was a jock And I never had any issues with weight. Well, when I was about 12 years old, I would, I I always tell you this about this bully that Mm. I would go back and forth with because she tried to pick on everybody. She tried to pick on me too, but I would push back. And she was really frustrated by the fact that I didn't just back down to her. But, you know, women, girls at that age are very vulnerable to body image. That's where we really start to feel Mm -hmm. that, change going on right? Right, right and uh she it's really funny because i remember her just getting so frustrated with me because i wouldn't fall for her whatever she was doing and she just said well you're fat to me and i looked at her and there was people around there that kind of looked at her like uh who are you talking to because i was by no means fat but and and she, quite honestly she was a little chubby you know mm-hmm. and She looked, and I looked at her confused, but she could tell she actually got my attention, Mm. you know? And uh, she said, well, you're fat. And I thought, whatever, and I just walked away. But then, when I went home, I started thinking, am I fat? And I remember even looking at myself and thinking, well, I didn't think I was in a stick, but I was very athletic, right? Mm -hmm. So I was on this quest to prove her wrong, and I went on this crash diet just at that age, really calorie restrictive, military type Mm. workouts. I remember running circles in the backyard to where I left like a track, where you could see a track in in the backyard. And I had a very, i I was it was not a, you know, it was just a two bedroom house with my parents that I grew up in. But I was, you know, doing this stuff to my body. And well, needless to say, I did lose a lot of weight. But I even remember going a day without eating. Mm Mm-hmm. And my parents, you know, they they didn't really know what was going on. I mean, they they right. w- wouldn't have really known that. Um, <laughs> and then in my teens, it continued, and I would really calorie restrict my my uh, my food intake, mm-hmm. and I would even zero out my calories. So I by would, doing exercise, by doing exercise, so I would eat very little and then zero out my calories. And you, you, I'm talking about between the ages of about fourteen and sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was constant calorie counting. I mentioned to you that I did experiment with bulimia mm-hmm. at one point. I would say probably about 18, 19 years old. But <laughs> I told Ariza my the thing that dissuaded me from that is that I have I was born with very straight teeth that are that are pretty good. <laughs> my dentist used to say, "Oh, you have awesome teeth." Uh, and I had read that people with bulimia their teeth start mm-hmm. to fall out and rot because they're vomiting you know all that so uh, and it was pretty gross too so I didn't that didn't stick but then in college when I um, got into school I started to gain a lot of weight because I was a music major I was drinking I was you know we discovered beer and eating at three o'clock eating pizza at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. so I really gained a lot of weight there and then I just went years of feast and famine but every year, it's kind of like the stock market. Like, think of the stock market graph, where you see it go up and down, up and down, up and down, but but it still keeps yeah, going, going, up, going up, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then, right before you and I became vegetarians in 2013, you and I did Jenny Craig, mm-hmm. right? Now, with Jenny Craig, we did lose a ton of weight. How much? Do you remember how much you lost? I lost 39 pounds. I think I lost about 50. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, so we lost a ton of weight, but uh, quite honestly, the food is very processed. Mm -hmm. It's extremely calorie restrictive. I remember almost passing out one time, Mm -hmm. just how restrictive it was. Always hungry. Always hungry. And then in January 2013, we became vegetarians, but I can honestly say, and this is why I am saying that I am pretty confident that this is not related to any eating disorder, we did not become vegetarians because of the promise of getting skinny. Now I'll be honest that it did cross my mind that we would potentially lose some weight, but that was not the reason I became a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty much the same for you, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: All right. So where I am right now, right before The car accident that I had in May 2013, if you don't know, I was involved in a, I don't want to say serious, but I mean, I got my car totaled and my Achilles tendon was completely ruptured. I'll say it wasn't minor, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, when I think serious, I think. You weren't
1: hospitalized. I mean, we went to the, you you were taken by ambulance to the emergency room, but I took you home that day. But right before that, I
0: had started again, as you know, Larissa, Mm -hmm. See, because when you have this type of disorder, you're always between feast and famine. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten to the point where I was really disgusted with myself to to where I gave a very close friend of mine a check for $500 made out to an anti-gay and lesbian organization. And I told her, if I don't lose 25 pounds by September, I want you to mail that check to this organization full-on aware that I was going to do whatever it took, including to starve myself to do it, Mm. uh, to get to that. And I have no doubt that I would have gone to that. She said, don't make me mail this check. I don't want to mail it. And I said, Mm. you're not going to mail the check. Don't worry about it. I don't care what I have to do. I'm I'm going to lose the weight. Well, you know, because I truly believe that things happen for you and not to you, wouldn't you know that just a few weeks later, I get into this car accident. Mm -hmm. Now, what's really weird about things significant things that happen to you, like this car accident, I it moves in slow motion when it's happening. And you get a lot of insight in those seconds. <laughs> and even afterwards, because like I said, I am truly one who believes that there's nothing happens without a reason for it. And for almost two and a half months, I had to sit in this room and essentially my existence was three rooms up here Mm -hmm. and I still was, I did work. So my, my company uh, was okay with me working from home for a couple of months, which is awesome. But I had a lot of reflection time, you know? And the other thing is, is right before I, the car accident, remember I had just signed up with a personal trainer right? and I was all gung ho and I was already starting to drop some weight. Mm hmm. After, you know, just starting to meet with him again. But this really just made me think about a lot of things. And I think it was around this time that I came across this podcast called, and I want to keep our G rating, so Mm -hmm. I'll just say the F it diet. Podcast and the host is Caroline Duner and I just really love her. She's so laid back. I've mentioned her in the past before because I think we used a quote from her mom on
1: one of our podcasts. Yeah, we did actually. And and I'll put uh, we can't say the whole podcast name here just because we're uh, G rated podcast but i think they got it though (laughs) yeah but uh yeah but what i was gonna say is i'll put the link in the show notes yeah so it'll be the link to the to the podcast and to her website well she started
0: i started listening to her podcast and i really what she was saying really resonated with me as far as that's where i came to the realization that i have been struggling with this eating disorder my Entire almost my entire life, all but twelve years of my entire life, now mm-hmm. oh, and I should say at the young age when I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen, I was also taking diet supplements mm-hmm. that young. I remember my mom i don't mean to i'm not trying to blame my mom for anything but because she didn't know any better that was the stuff that was mm-hmm. out there but uh i I remember her buying me supplements so that I could right. you know because that's what young girls wanted to stay thin right right, right. So, um, anyways, I was listening to the F it diet podcast. <laughs> and then I started reading some books and listening to other podcasts related to people who rec- were recovering from this restrictive dieting. And I, at that point, vowed that I would never, ever, ever, and I'm saying it now to you friends, ever, ever engage in any sort of diet mm-hmm. per se. Now, again, just reiterating, I don't see my vegetarian lifestyle as a diet.
1: No, it's it's a it's a it's a lifestyle. eating lifestyle. It's
0: you know, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that a little bit more. It's going to come up uh, because some people who have uh, it'll make more sense. You're later. getting ahead yeah, of yourself. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So again, I had to ask myself, am I sure? that this is not related in any way. Mm -hmm. And when I think about why all those years, you know, three years ago, when you and I became vegetarians, when we made that decision, I can honestly say that while it crossed my mind about losing weight, it was not a driving factor. And Mm -hmm. when I keep to it right now, it is not a driving factor.
1: Well, and that's what I was going to say. I don't want to take you off track too much, but um, I just wanted to make the point that historically with you, you know, even in the, f- the 15 years that I've known you, and just from what you've told me about your history before that, uh, you, you wouldn't have kept it up for three and a half years if it didn't give you those
0: results. No, you're absolutely right. And when I think about, I thought, okay, restrictive dieting. So I've heard of things on different podcasts, and I've heard you really, if you're recovering, you can't restrict your diet in any way. Mm-hmm. But when I think about eating meat just because I want to consider myself not restricted. It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. It doesn't appeal to me at all because that's not the reason I keep seeing animals suffering Mm -hmm. in my head. That's, that's what I see. So to eat that would bring me no pleasure whatsoever. So I'm still cautious. Of course I'm very, this is a process and I'm not claiming to know everything. Uh, You guys are hearing this. I mean, this happened just in May and it's, what is it? August Mm -hmm. 13th right Mm -hmm. now as we record this. Um, According to Dr. Angela Guarda, director of John Hopkins Eating Disorder Programs, many vegans and vegetarians who enter her treatment center initially deny an underlying problem only to later confess that their efforts to avoid animal products were really an effort to avoid food in general. In most of our patients, the vegetarianism is in the service of the eating disorder, she said. So that's why I said, I'm not claiming to know everything. This could be really, really hidden for me. And I just don't know it yet, but I can tell you pretty confidently as I stand here today on August 13th, that it is not, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like that to me. Uh, but I can see where some fo- where some people might use that, and really the the thing behind that is they use this as an excuse to not go out to parties because they say, oh well, there's probably not going to be any vegetarian things mm-hmm. there. Uh, they use it uh, to be able to push off food to say, no, I, I'm I'm on a restricted diet of some sort, just so they that makes them feel like it's kind of a mask, right? right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so. Um, Here's another thing that I learned during my research. I had never heard of this, and this is not necessarily classified as an eating disorder per se, but the term orthorexia nervosa, hmm. I had not heard of that. Remember I mentioned yeah, it to yeah, you and you said right. you hadn't heard about it either. So what this is, it is it's not currently recognized as a clinical, clinical diagnosis, but many people struggle with the symptoms. And essentially what it is, it's a term which literally means fixation on righteous eating. Hmm. So it starts out with an innocent attempt just to kind of be a little bit more healthy and to you know maybe you start eating organic or things like that but um I think a lot of this at least what I was reading is really how you deal with slip ups. So
1: so so this is you, you mentioned that it's a fixation on righteous eating mm-hmm. literally um but it's so it's people who have kind of like an unhealthy obsession. Yes. So with with healthy eating.
0: Yes. That's exactly right. Okay. And, they, and they feel like they have to punish themselves if they don't eat a, a certain what way. What they determine is healthy. Right, exactly. Okay. All right, so some things to consider and just questions to ask yourself because these are certainly questions I asked myself was, did you choose, or I'm going to put this on me, did I choose this mainly because I've heard that vegetarians or vegans tend to weigh less? Um, am I obsessed with the scale? So that's just something to ask yourself. Did choosing a veg diet make it easier for you to explain your food choices away?
1: Hmm, that's a good one.
0: Now, another point is, and this is one that is really very relevant to me. Do you tend to ignore your body's signals? So when you restrict yourself on a diet, you start to ignore what when you're hungry, as we were just talking about with Jenny Craig Mm-hmm. I would just try to put it out of my mind. Yes. I try to drink more water. I try to just do a lot of stuff. But my body was telling me, Oh man, I really need to eat something <laughs> and I was ignoring it. So is um eating a veg diet can increase this detachment if you're feeling guilty about a particular craving. So remember, we talked about meat cravings and how to deal mm-hmm. with meat cravings. So we in our past episode where we talked about that, we weren't necessarily talking about coming to the meat craving. We were saying, hey, but it's still important you don't mm-hmm. ignore your body because it could be telling you something that you're missing. Right. So maybe you're missing iron. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're missing something that you can get from another place, but your body just knows meat, especially if you ate meat most of your life, that there's some sort of... Right nutrient that you're missing. So it's really important. And and this is where I would say, how how in tune do you feel with your body? Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you that since I vowed not to go on any sort of diet anymore, it's really crazy, but it may sound crazy, but it's not so crazy because I've heard other people talk about this on some of the other podcasts I've listened to around this subject, is that it's almost like you're eating things for the first time. Mm. And I told Larissa, remember I told you that... I actually taste stuff now, Mm -hmm. whereas before I felt like I was having to swallow it down really fast to to get away from the scene of a crime almost, that I felt guilty about eating it, whatever it was, even if it was something healthy, but I would just scarf it down without much attention to, first of all, how it even tasted coming in, and then how I felt afterwards. Do Mm -hmm. I feel full? I had I've completely severed that relationship that I'm just starting to get back now.
1: Well, and you know, it's so funny. Um, you always would kind of laugh at me, not like laugh at me laugh at but you know, you'd always um, find it amusing that most of the time I leave, I'll leave like one little bite, whatever it is I'm eating, it doesn't matter. I can, I'll leave like one little bite on my plate. And you would always say, "Why do you do that? Why do you do that well for me it's it's kind of like a a saturation thing. I get really um i get like sick of stuff really fast, and that's why I would leave like a bite a lot la- like a bite of my sandwich or like a a bite of my chili or whatever there but um, you would always laugh at me and you would never leave anything and no. then you you mentioned to me the other day that that's kind of what you felt like the reason that you were doing that is not it wasn't because, you know, your parents instilled in you not to waste food or clean your plate. It was because you didn't want to leave any evidence. Yeah. Or right?
0: or that or like I said, it's more along the lines that I had completely lost that mm. feeling That's to sensor. say I am full. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would leave myself hungry and sometimes mm-hmm. I would leave myself way too full because mm-hmm. I, I, it was just, I was just going to eat what was on my plate. And if you had noticed, remember I even showed you this past week, mm-hmm. I found when I was full and I stopped eating and sometimes it would mean half a piece of toast was yeah. left. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, nothing was left there. You would eat it anyway. I yeah. would eat it anyway. It wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. So the last point I wanted to ask or the last question is when, when you do experience um, what you deem as a slip up, So whether it's you eat meat or whether it is you eat something like a bag of Cheetos or something, how do you react? Mm -hmm. Just think about that. Do you beat yourself up? Do you starve yourself the next day? What do you do? Now, again, these are just questions to ask yourself. These are not anything. I'm not a professional. So Mm -hmm. these are things that I asked myself to lead me to the conclusion that, yes, I am dealing with this disorder that I need to fix because mm-hmm. it is it, it it's just it's not a good place to be.
1: Right. Well, and you know, I think this kind of um calls attention to the fact that I mean, there are other types of eating disorders besides anorexia and bulimia. I mean, you hear so much about anorexia and bulimia, but there are other right types. Mhm. You know, I'm. Mean, those are the two that have gotten the most attention over the years, and and um, not to not to diminish that. I mean, there's nothing you know that's not serious about that. It's just that there are other types of eating disorders too, right?
0: All right. So before we close out, I I just want to say that if you suspect that you might have an unhealthy relationship with food, even if you're not saying, thinking it's an eating disorder, but Mm -hmm. you have an unhealthy relationship with food, then I would definitely recommend you seek professional advice from somebody who's going to listen. Now, when I was younger, I would take my doctor's word as absolute gospel, but you need to push back if something doesn't feel right to you. So some doctors might try to dismiss your feelings by saying, well, it's not healthy to be fat either. Or mm. remember that one doctor I went to that was wanted me to get on eight hundred calories yes. a day. This yes. was a it was
1: an endocrinologist. It was an
0: endocrinologist that was saying, "Oh, you need to be having eight hundred calories a day." Yeah, Are we you looked at me? each other and just no, walked out. Didn't no, make no. a follow up, and no. that that was crazy. And that no. was years ago. That was, and that that uh, is the type of thing that you need to walk away from and make sure you're getting some assistance from somebody who is listening to you and is a little bit more open minded Mm -hmm. than that. Right. So hopefully this has helped you again, not about sympathy, not about pity. Hopefully it's helped you a little bit. It it has. I told Larissa too, when I, when I said, you know, if if this helps anybody, this is worth it. And the other thing is it is a little cathartic to just come out and talk about it Mm -hmm. to, to uh, some people. So that's,
1: Well, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you for, for talking about it. I'm not trying to be pat- uh, patronizing. I'm just, you know, I am proud of you for talking about it because, like I said before, it's not something that you normally do. And um, I think that, you know, it can be a, a hard thing to do. And so, so um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So are we ready to get into the recipe of the week? Sure. And I chose this one for you. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, suggested by Peas and Carrots member uh, Kelly Mayer. And uh, she is from. This is actually a recipe from Alicia Silverstone's The Kind Life website, and it is vegan. So how cool is that? So it is a cheesy, oozy guacamole bean dip. Ooh. Does that have like you? Yeah, that's all kind of it. It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cheese guacamole beans. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so and you can dip something in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw that in there. Uh, but anyway, so you can find that uh, the link to it in our show notes for this episode all right so the quote this
0: week the quote comes from chris angel is we he have... the,
1: is he the the, the magician magician illusion, guy? Illusionist yeah. dude yeah. yeah
0: remember we still really like yeah, his, show. his show okay so he, he said when the mind body and spirit work together i believe anything is possible oh that's true yes all right so um Larissa and I usually like to talk about a product we recommend. This week, we would like to talk about a book. And the book is Body Magic, A Blissful End to Emotional Eating by Chim- Chimnaya, Chimnaya Four. Yes, and this is one of the books that I mentioned in my research that I I looked into and I read the entire thing. And it is a really good book. I have several pages of notes that I took from this book. Really good about identifying, helping you identify first that you have an issue and that what you can do about it. So it's got some really good tips for how to get back in touch with your body, not beating yourself up. Really good book. Awesome. So we're going to have that in the product in the show notes, right? A link there will be an Amazon affiliate link. So if you don't know what that is, that is a Amazon gives us a little code that when you click on that and you purchase through that link you purchase anything Mm -hmm. they kick us back a couple of bucks at no extra charge to you there's not one penny extra on that but we get a little bit of credit for it and that goes to help support the show yep all right i think that does it for our episode this week until next time peace out bye
1: thanks for joining us today on vegetarian zen we've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.